for decades. He's been the king of Memphis. It's good to be king of your own little town. You want to see the king? You think anybody would pay to come down and see a sawed-off runt? Bug-eyed Bill Dundee? No, they come to see me, baby. King of them all, right here it is, baby. The greatest wrestler that ever lived and ever will step into a ring. You're looking at him, and I am the champion. And you may be familiar with his work in WWE, too. I'll show you who the real king of the World Wrestling Federation is. It's the most electrifying move in sports entertainment today. Oh, the people down For 50 years, he's been known all over the world as one of wrestling's biggest stars. And now, he's decided to share all of his favorite stories from his 50 years in wrestling with you. Tell me a story. Why don't you put your false teeth in backward and eat yourself to death? (laughs) Oh, that's one of my favorites. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Welcome to the Jerry Lawler Show. If you caught the show on Friday... You know that it contained part one of a two-part conversation that the King had with his old friend, legendary former NWA heavyweight champion, Tommy Wildfire Rich. So now we'll pick things up with part two as Sean and the King continue their conversation with the great Tommy Rich. Who were some of your uh, other favorite opponents in your career besides the King? Oh, shoot. I, I mean, I, shoot, I, I mean... And everybody wrestled different. I mean, shoot, I got to wrestle, you know, all of Baron Von Rasky. I mean, you know, I just got to wrestle all the characters, man. I mean, and it was all a different experience. And I draw money with, I mean, Superstar. Uh, I wrestled with Ken Patera. I mean, you know, I had angles with everybody that come through Georgia, just about King Kong, Mosca. Um, you know, I just, I, I got to work with the best. And just was very fortunate to get to do that and, and Listened and, and done good with it. How long? Did, how long were you the NWA champion? Well, now that I don't like to talk about too much. <laughs> oh. <A> week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but that you know, I don't know. I, I was pretty young when I got the belt, and that's you know, that's a lot. Of, of course, when you was a champion, you so you know. I mean, you traveled around working different, going to town to town, and all of that. And I was young, and I don't know. That was, you know, for a young kid, that was a lot. I mean, that's a lot of responsibility. Oh, know, yeah, without make, a doubt. Make the, shows, make the shows go, I mean, from this territory to that territory, go out there and wrestle 45 minutes to an hour, whatever you, you know, had to do. Uh, and I just, I don't know if I was ready for that or not. So, but it was, you know, like I said, uh, my name's up there with the rest of them. So, uh, you know. Yeah, that's all. That's that's absolutely awesome, man. That's great. Going well, back to that uh, that feud with uh, you and Idol against Jerry, I got to say some of my favorite Memphis matches are when Bam Bam got involved as his uh, tag team partner. Just total chaos, brawling all over the building. How was it with Bam Bam? Was he diff- You know, uh, stiff to work with back in those days, or how was that? No, I mean. Uh... You know, Bam Bam came in there. I mean, he was green as a gourd too. He had just he had just signed up with uh, Larry Sharp up at that Monster Factory, and I mean, he didn't even get to very, train very much. And all of a sudden, we called Larry, and Larry said, "I'm going to send you down to Memphis." And man, here he came. Here he came, and he uh, 
I thought he was awesome from the get-go. I mean, he was just really yeah. That's right. He did come from Sharks, Jim. Did he? I forgot about that. Yeah. Yeah. And remember later on, he sued Larry Sharp because Larry, Larry had in the contract, I guess, with all of those guys that came from the Monster Factory that he would get, that Larry would forever get a percentage of every payoff <laughs> they ever made. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't imagine Bam Bam like that. No. No, he finally had to sue Sharp. But anyway, yeah, no, no, Bam Bam was really good and easy to work with. At least I thought so. And then, you know, he yeah. came up working with me. And then, of course, uh, I brought him in as my partner against you and Austin Idol. And they, that was real good. That was, I mean, shoot. And Bam Bam went on. I mean, I, I didn't realize that's where it started because he, I mean, he could work some when he came. Yeah. He was, I mean, and shit, he did good in Tennessee too. Tennessee, he did real good. Oh yeah, without a doubt, real good. I loved working with. I loved working with Bam Bam. King, any memories of the uh, the time on TV where Tommy was, uh, I think, having a squash match and a woman came out of the crowd and got physically <laughs> involved? <laughs> Do you remember that beautiful woman, Tommy? <laughs> I remember. That, I remember that big bosom she had. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, that's another good one. I ain't thought about that one either. That's another good one. That's right. That was, uh, gosh, I guess that's twice I dressed up like a like a female and asked him for autographs. I did it once with uh, Jerry Jarrett and Jackie Fargo, I think, or something like that, and then later on with uh, with you, Tommy. Yeah, shoot, that was that was a good one too. <laughs> 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 what 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 about Lance? You know, every time I look back at uh, every time I look back at some of the different things that we did there at Memphis TV, was there anybody better than Lance Russell ever? Oh no, because Lance, I mean, he yeah, Lance was selling. He was shoot to me, Lance and uh, Lance and Gordon sold about two. You know, of course, two different styles. I mean, I like Gordon just because he talks so sophisticated. But then Lance wrote country and he'd just get up in it. Yeah, Lance was the best. Yeah, he was. He was, he was something. I was just watching when, uh, Jimmy Valiant was insulting your mom and you came out and, uh, beat him up. And, and of course, Lance was right in the middle of it. He always seemed to find himself in the middle of the chaos, but never got, uh, banged up too badly. Bless his heart. <laughs> yeah, he didn't, he didn't mind, but he didn't want to get touched. <laughs> Of course, I don't blame him. And of course, Dave Brown. Now we couldn't we couldn't do anything with Dave because we we had to recognize his credibility as the weatherman because he was always the top weatherman on the station, meteorologist or whatever. So we it was like an unwritten rule you didn't ha- you didn't get Dave that involved. You know, Dave was there as a you know he was just there almost like I- I'm Lance's buddy, but I'm not going to really get too much into this wrestling because my main job <laughs> is is predicting the weather. Yeah. Yeah, he was his right hand man. Yeah, he just stayed out of the way. Ah, <laughs> uh, well, what uh, of all? Can, do you ever sit back and think about? I mean, I get people to ask me all the time. You know, what was your what was your favorite match, or who was your who was your favorite opponent, or or, or do you do you like like I, I I usually don't have a good answer for that because, like you said, we've both been around so long and wrestled every every one of the greats. Uh, if somebody asked you who was your 
what was your favorite match? Could could you think of one? Shit, I mean that besides hiding under the ring, I mean that was a, I mean with you, I mean that's a, probably one of the biggest ones that people remember more than anything would have been that one right there. Yeah, but when what about when you? I mean that it had to be huge when you wrestled. Uh, Harley Race and won the NWA title. That had, that had to be big. How long did that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, it's like you said. I mean, yeah, of course that was. I mean, and to, that would have to be the top one, I would say, because yeah. he won the world heavyweight title. And Harley Race, I mean, uh, he was just to me uh, the best world champion there was. Because I mean, he like some guys have one style, and they just wrestled everybody the same. Where Harley, he would adapt to your, whatever style you wrestled or what style I wrestled. He would just adapt to everybody's style. I just, I just always was impressed with the way Harley handled himself and everything. I, yeah, so Harley would be, I mean, yeah, of course, my world heavyweight title and which I just love Harley to death anyway. So well, you know, he was always Harley. Harley helped me so much. Like there in Georgia, every time he come in, you know, he'd always sit and me and him would talk and, uh, he helped, I mean, told me a lot of things, just different little things and stuff that I won't never forget, you know. And, uh, of course, in wrestling with Wahoo McDaniel, I love, a lot of people say the Indian was a, uh, butt white, but I always got along with him most of the time. I mean, he, he was, he was a different, different, uh, different kind of sometimes, but, you know, I mean, shoot. And it's like you, Jerry, I've seen you wrestle Nick Bockway for a bunch. And I wrestled him a couple of times. I mean, he was, he was, you know, very, uh, I mean, the general net ring too. I mean, so, I, you know, it, it, it's hard. Like you said, there's not no good answer because we got to wrestle the best when wrestling was wrestling. And it's, uh, you know, so, shoot, I mean. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. You know, one of the things about being a champion and you learned this of being the world champion was every territory you went into, you're wrestling their top guy. And, and your job really was to make all the fans think that their top guy should really be the world champion. And, and, and I think, like you said, Harley Race was as good at that as any champion ever. I mean, he, every match that I ever saw Harley in, it looked like he made it look like the other guy, uh, should have won. Oh yeah, most definitely Harley, yeah. How about uh, the WWE Network actually last year put up this uh, rare footage from the Omni of a show with you and Ric Flair in the main event. Uh, how how do you compare Rick with uh, guys like uh, Harley and Bockwinkle? Rick, I mean, Rick was a heck of a champion. I mean, he'd go all night long with you. Uh, you know, I mean, he, you know, I don't know. I mean, it's like. Like I said, like Harley could adapt to everybody's style, and, and I think Rick sometimes, you know, just was in his own style, you know. I mean, so, but I always enjoyed wrestling with him. I mean, they tell him to go 30, and he always take me 45 to close to an hour, you know, because he thought I was a wild buck, so he'd always want to blow me up. <laughs> yeah, that, that was one yeah, thing. I got a lot of respect for Rick, you know. I mean, I think he was a great champion. Uh, I'm not taking nothing away from him, but, uh, Thanks there again, like I said, just to me, Harley Race was of all I knew, which I, you know, the Funks was a little bit before my time, uh, but I know Terry was a uh, great wrestler. So, I mean, it just, just to be mentioned in the name of all these guys, man, it's just awesome. Yeah, that's, that's a, quite an accomplishment. Um, 
you're in a select club there. You you talked about Ric Flair. The thing about Ric, like you said, his matches always seem to go, <clears throat> excuse me, longer than than usual. Rick just loved, absolutely loved, and still does. <clears throat> Rick loved being a performer. He loved being in there. Yeah. And he, and he, he didn't matter who he was in there against. He was in there to put on a show and he did a great job. And, and that, that was, that, you know, that's the, been the love of Rick's life, being, being inside the ring, uh, being the champion. And, and he was as good at it as anybody. He just did an interview oh, yeah. saying he wants to take on our uh, truth for the 24-7 title. He thinks he can get a win there. <laughs> he probably could. You're right. Yeah, sure, sure. He sure would. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just shoot. It's hard to believe that we've been doing it as long as we have, man. I mean, we're very, very blessed. I was telling I was telling Sean the other day, it's like, I, I go back, people ask, you know, who was the different wrestlers? And like, just like you, Tommy, you got to wrestle almost all of them. I had a match one time, me and Jim White, in the early days of the Mid-South Coliseum, we were against Lou Thez and Pat O'Connor. Oh my. And the special referee was Jersey Joe Walcott, who was a world <laughs> heavyweight champion boxer back in the, what, 40s or something like that? It was crazy. So yeah, so yeah, then I got, I got to wrestle. I got to wrestle Luthez. I got to wrestle Jack Briscoe. I got to wrestle Terry Funk, Dory Funk, Harley Race, uh, Ric Flair, uh, Nick Bockwinkle. Every every freaking champion you can imagine. It's been crazy. Yeah, I mean it's and it's something, that, and they're all unique in their own different ways. I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's yeah, it's hard to just say. You know, all I all I had to do was hold on and fall. You know, so I, you know it was getting to just the minds and, the, and them the psychology and stuff. It just it's unreal, you know. Was there ever a, was there ever a guy that you all of a sudden you realize you're booked against and you went, oh no, not him again? Well, I wrestled Dino Bravo one time in a babyface match and it was it wasn't very good. He, you know, <laughs> he, he of course he was kind of stiff anyway. You talk about somebody stiff. Dino was a little stiff, or he was with me anyway. <laughs> but yeah, I, I didn't. I, I was glad I never booked that one again. I remember one time I booked me and Austin Idol against Bruiser Brody and uh, oh Stan Hansen. Oh my oh god! My goodness. Yeah, and after the, after the match, Austin Idol came to me and said, "King, if you ever book that match again, I'll quit the business." <laughs> I'm not, oh, I'm not I don't mean, he said I don't mean I'll just quit Memphis I'll quit the business <laughs> oh man I, yeah, I can hear him saying that too <laughs> oh, I worked at Stan too that was another one he, whether he meant to be stiff or not he was you're not kidding you're not kidding I was always you know I'd always heard all the stories about Bruiser Brody but I swear when he worked with me in Memphis he was he was like a piece of cake. He, I mean, he sold well. He, you know, I always had several great matches with Bruiser Brody there in Memphis. Yeah, Bruiser. Like I, I spent some time with him in Atlanta too when uh, Jerry Blackwell was promoting the Southern Championship match. He'd come down and and uh, he would wrap uh, Jerry and Jerry would tell him to get him a hotel. He'd come stay. He'd come stay out in the country with me at our house. And my kids back then, my daughters had two twin water beds. And I'll never forget, 
he he said, I'll sleep in there on the couch. Jared to get him a hotel, but he didn't want Jared to have to spend the money. I mean, a lot of people say what they want about Bruiser, but uh, like you said, I've seen him beat some boys up, but if he liked you, and like you said, you had a good match with him, uh, I mean, it's uh, it, but he would he'd talk about his kids, building a tree house, and people never seen that side of him. Cause, and I was just amazed to hear him talk. But yeah, Bruiser Brody, he's another good one that was gone too early. Yeah, you're not kidding. You're and not kidding. I, I got to throw in, you know, as somebody who just grew up loving ECW, I think King had probably the craziest heel heat in the history of that promotion when he showed up. But Tommy, so many times I can remember in like Philly or New York. Just you would just walk out and people would be just like reaching over the guardrail, just flipping you off, getting in your face, screaming at you, and you would just stand there laughing, just soaking it all in. <laughs> Can you tell me a little bit about uh, you and those ECW crowds and the fun you had? Oh Lord, that was that was that was like getting paid to do nothing. I mean, because I just got all I had to do was manage. I mean, and. Yeah, for me to be a full-blooded Italian, it pissed a lot of people off. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, so mine was really, yeah. And of course, we had a little Guido and Tracy's mother saying he was full-blooded Italian. So, yeah, two cornbread boys saying they, you know, full-blooded. Yeah, them, them northern folk didn't like that too much. So that was, oh, I had a blast with that. Like I said, I just had to go stand in the corner. We did some six-mans. I mean, and it was shooting they beat us every night, but we still draw money, you know, so it was, it was good, you know. And then at one time, Paul Lee, because we do the Tennessee high spots, you know, they'd go out there, and if they didn't bust the chair, didn't bend over your head, then they didn't do their job right. And we started doing, because we was on early, so we'd do some of the Tennessee spots, you know, and, it, and that stuff started getting over. So Paul Lee said, well, we're going to have to cut. And then some of the other guys started doing them. So they told them, they said, no more, no more Tennessee high spots, you know, because they wanted all just blood and good. So yeah, we had to quit doing that. But yeah, I had a blast up there. The full-blooded Italian with a Tennessee accent, huh? Yeah, God. yeah, cornbread Tennessee. <laughs> <laughs> oh well, listen, Tommy, we've kept you on here long enough, buddy. We could talk, we could talk for days about the career that you've had. It's been it's been absolutely amazing. It's still going, still going. We're gonna see you yes, uh, gonna see you September twenty sixth. You got any other dates? Anything uh, with this corona, everything's just been shut down. You got anything else in the office? Well, uh, after the first October I'm going up to New Jersey for three days. And but other than that, that's really shoot you every time I every time you book something it ends up getting cancelled. So anyway that's September September twenty sixth yeah. Bert Prentice, Bert Prentice has put a big one together. I didn't even know it was at the ballpark, so it's going to be a big night, man. Uh, oh yeah, it'll it'll be I'm huge. Excited uh, and good. Happy fifty years to you, Jerry. It's been it's been a ride, and just y'all. Hey, thank y'all, Sean, for having me on the show, man. Anytime is on. All right, Tommy. Thank you so much, buddy. All right, thank you, Jerry. This is the Jerry Lawler Show. Yeah, let's uh, let's hype this one more time. We got the show coming up in uh, Jonesboro. Fifty years went by no, fast, right? It's uh, it's in Jackson, Tennessee. Jackson. I'm sorry. <laughs> so is your opponent not uh, set yet? You know what? We, uh, we no, we we haven't. Uh, he he just finally, Bert just finally got the date, the 26th, finalized just this past week. 
He's been speaking with the mayor back and forth. He, of course, wanted to do it originally at the Oban Arena, but now we're thinking that, uh, you know, that the, the, the mayor actually suggested doing it at the ballpark, which is a big, beautiful ballpark where the Jackson Generals play, like I said, seats about 8,000 people. And, uh, it, it should be great being outdoors and that people will feel, uh, I think feel a lot safer coming to a show like that at this time of year. So <clears throat> he's really just getting the thing started. I didn't even know until talking to, with Tommy that he had already booked that match at the Rock and Roll Express against Tommy and, and Doug Gilbert. But, uh, we're, we're still, we're still trying to figure out who, who my opponent should be after 50 years. Uh, who should the 50th anniversary opponent be for that night? <laughs> Ooh, that is a big honor. Well, um, yeah, I mean, I don't know if it's a big honor, but I, <laughs> it, it needs to be, you know, it needs to be somebody that's appropriate, somebody that, uh, that, you know, that had, uh, some history there in, in the Tennessee territory. Yeah. And me. Well, we will definitely be talking about that as we get closer. Uh, should be a tremendous event. And I know you and I are excited that baseball's back. Tonight. Oh my goodness, you're not kidding. I've been watching, I watched, uh, I've been watching the Cleveland Indians, uh, I guess you'd call them exhibition games. They, they had a couple of them against the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, uh, so I've, I've been watching that. Cleveland won both of those games against the Pirates. So, uh, to what this Saturday night, <clears throat> excuse me, actually Friday night starts the, uh, the major league season, but my Indians play Saturday night. Uh, so happy to have sports back. Just give me something, even with empty stadiums and a reduced schedule. Have you watched, have you watched a baseball game yet with the empty stadium? I have watched a few of the uh, Korean games. Yeah. Oh, so you didn't? You haven't watched any of the of the major league uh, exhibition games? No, I have not. Yeah, I, I watched one at uh, at like I said, two Cleveland games. One at the Cleveland Progressive Field and one in uh, Pittsburgh, and you know, other other than the noise, I mean, you know, they're they're, they're able to film the game where you don't even realize, uh, you know, that they're the fans aren't really necessarily there until you, you know, until you get a shot of the, you know, a ball going like out out for a home run or something like that, and then all of a sudden it just lands in empty chairs out there, uh, and and other than the noise, but it's 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 still fun to watch. It's the guys are out there giving it their all, so I'm. I'm excited about it. Just any, like you said, any kind of sports. Come on. And for some reason, football's going to have fans in attendance, right? Yeah, I saw that. Um, uh, it's funny, you know. I have, a, I have a buddy that's a major league baseball umpire, uh, Andy Fletcher, and he was just telling me that uh, uh, he was just telling me yesterday, as a matter of fact, that he had the first six games in. Uh, that he had the first six games in Cleveland. So I was so excited. I said, man, I'll just make, shoot up there and go to one of those games. And, and he, and he texted me back, said, nope, no fans, uh, for these, for the major league baseball games as of yet. It may change down the road and, you know, they're going to have 60 games and then the playoffs. But, uh, yeah, the NFL has announced that they're going to, I saw they're going to have between 10 and 20,000 fans. They'll have to, everybody will have to wear a face covering or mask or whatever, but yeah, they're going to allow fans at the games. Yeah, I'm not sure what's up with all the, uh, discrepancies because the NBA isn't even letting them play in their home stadiums. Everybody's just at Disney in a bubble. And then we have yeah. baseballs allowing stadiums, but no fans and football's doing stadiums and some fans, everybody wearing a mask. Yeah. 
Uh, right now, I don't care. Just get some sports back for us, right? <laughs> All right. Do we want to talk about the uh, project you were working on? Uh, well, we can say a little bit about uh, the film crew. Uh, uh, film crew was in town uh, last week there in Memphis, and then I went down to uh, uh, Ardmore, Tennessee. Lauren and I went down to uh, check out our buddy David Milliken. Uh, you know, David is the the belt master of the world, and and he, I, I this is my first time to ever go to David's house, and he lives in Ardmore, which is just right outside of Huntsville, Alabama, <clears throat> actually, and. Oh my gosh. What a, his house is like a museum. What a collection of wrestling memorabilia David has amassed over the years. And most of it's mine. <laughs> I was in shock. <clears throat> What's the coolest thing he had? Oh gosh. He's got so much of my stuff. He's got more wrestling memorabilia than I have of mine. Um, well, of course, I mean, you know, he has every, every belt imaginable down there even the old the old old southern uh championship belt that we used back when i oh gosh it goes back to uh, i remember looking at the side plates on that and said you know irish mike clancy defeated danny hodge or something like that back in this this belt goes back to the 50s i'm sure uh he had that belt and and then uh, i mean i can't tell you how many crowns and robes and my boots my white patent leather zip-up boots with the black crown on the side. Uh, he had the boots, and this is what we were down there looking for, the boots that I wore in one of the matches with Andy Kaufman uh, and 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 this this uh, show that they're putting together is about, uh, I can't, I, and I don't want to divulge too much information, but it's going to be a really neat concept where uh, they're traveling around the country looking for, Old double forgotten or lost WWE memorabilia. Yeah, I, ha- I actually meant your other project, the WWE one. Oh, which one's that? Are we allowed to talk about the video game? Oh gosh, yeah. <laughs> well, you you almost got me. You almost got me to uh, let some news slip out here that we that I'm not supposed to talk about yet. But yeah, no, the other one is okay. Yeah, we we were we were they were kind of keeping the wraps on that for a while, but now they've announced. That uh, 2K Battleground, WWE 2K Battleground uh, game is coming out, and uh, it's going to be released in September. And Mauro Ronaldo and the King are doing the commentary on it, so I'm I'm really excited about that. And it's uh, it's going to be, <clears throat> I don't think I don't think it's going to be like a, any 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 video game that the people have seen before, especially not a wrestling video game. I mean, you know, it's it's got some crazy over the top stuff. I mean, there's going to be helicopters and flying in while the matches are going on. If you, you can throw your opponent over the rope outside and they may get eaten by an alligator. I saw that. Uh, yeah. There's, there's just, uh, it, it, it is really, really, uh, wild, fun, uh, crazy video game. I mean, the, the characters just, they, they, they look awesome. Uh, and I think not only, <clears throat> not only do I do by, uh, the commentary with Moro, and you can imagine how Moro and I worked together a little bit on SmackDown, and I really love working with Moro. He's 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 a he's a really star when it comes to to doing voiceover. But uh, and and I think I'm also a playable character in there. So that's uh, I I do remember doing some some voiceover, uh, some commentary talking about 
the you know mentioning that the king is in the match. So uh, I, I haven't actually seen that part of it yet, but it's 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 going to be a cool game. How do you do commentary for a game like that? Is it like, oh my god, Jerry Lawler just got eaten by an alligator? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was sort of like that. We got to watch. Uh, Moro and I were, Moro and I would go into the studio and we're, we're, you know, we're on Mike, Mike's side by side there and, um, we could see, we just watch clips of the video game. And, th- and the cool thing about it was the way they, you know, that's at this time while they were just building the game and putting the game together, we, we would see generic wrestlers. We didn't, we didn't necessarily know who the wrestlers, I mean, if, when you're looking at it, it was just a, a generic, like a mannequin or a body or whatever, doing the action. It didn't have the actual face or the or the physique and everything of the of who the wrestler was. But you could see the other action, like uh, oh my gosh, I know there's there's this huge hammer, you know, like uh, like Harley Quinn or something has this huge hammer. This is hammers even bigger than that that, that comes into play in the game. And I mean, uh, just like I said, the alligator. There's a big goat with these gigantic horns uh all sorts of things it, it's almost like the um you know how everybody raved about the the what was the match the, the that the undertaker had the bone yard match yeah. and then the swamp match and everything it's almost like watching it's almost like playing a video game in those kind of conditions with even with even more things added so moro and i would watch clips and we would describe the action and then we would then we would go over and redo uh, the same clip using uh, an individual's name, uh, you know. And so, like, you know, you do one with, uh, oh, gosh, you, you do one with, say, one Drew McIntyre or John Cena or The Rock or The King and that sort of thing, and you and you do the, the same sentence over and over. It's, it, was, it was long and tedious work, but it was, it was a lot of fun working with Morrow. How many hours does that take? Oh my gosh. This is the truth. We did, we probably put in about, uh, about 40 hours total. We didn't do it. We certainly didn't do it all in one session. You know, we did several. We did some in Nashville, uh, some down in, uh, at the performance center in, in Florida. And so we were, uh, we, we, we did a, put a lot of time in on the thing. Yeah, I'm looking at the 2K website. Looks like it comes out on September 18th. So you got a busy September. Oh yeah! Wow. Good stuff. Anything else? Oh, just tell everybody to stay safe, and we'll uh, we'll be back next week. As a matter of fact, you know what it was a good idea. Why don't we try to get uh, next week? Why don't we try to get Moro? Uh, I'll I'll call Moro and see if I can get him to come on and. And we'll talk about the, we'll talk a little more about the, the video game and working together on that. That would be fantastic. Everybody loves Morrow. Yep, they do. If he wants to start talking about some 80s Japanese wrestling, I'll hop in and do some translation. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thank you so much. That was a lot of fun. Thank you to Tommy Rich. Uh, amazing. You guys go back 45 years and you're still going, uh, coming up in September for that 50th anniversary that we will be talking about. Thank you, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week, hopefully with Morrow, and uh, we'll be talking to you then.